like to talk and read all things books and mystery. Funny stories. The characters of youth always tend to be a sleuth. The Hardy Boys will do. Don't forget Nancy Drew. It's a clue. Hello, riddle-solving sleuths. I'm Kelly. And I'm Karen. Welcome to It's a Clue, a faux crime comedy podcast for back alley poker players. This week we're discussing a newish book for, I think, the first time ever, right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. contemporary lit going on. (laughs) Yes, and it is called The Inheritance Games by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. So today, Kelly, here is the thought to ponder throughout our discussion. Or just, not even throughout, immediately right now. Oh, immediately right now? Okay, yeah. Ponder, I'm ready. ponder now. If you found ponder out quick. today, right this second, that you had inherited several billion dollars, mm-hmm. what is the first thing you would buy for yourself specifically? And I will caveat this with, in my request, you are supposed to be totally selfish. We're just going to assume that we are wonderful baby angels. We, mm-hmm. of course, are going to take care of friends and family. We're going to donate a ton of money to charity. But you specifically, for yourself, mm-hmm. what would you buy first? Um, oh, that's, that's like super hard. I think I would probably buy the house next door to me and turn it into a full like, um, sewing palace. Like I'd get a long arm. Uh, I'd move all my, yeah, I would just have a total like sewing moment. Oh, also the other thing that I would do if like I didn't have to work anymore, like time was no object, money was no object. I would absolutely go to culinary school. Oh, that's with, awesome. Like, in this situation with no intent of, like, going to work in a restaurant, but just to become a really, really amazing... Like, I would want to go to, like, Le Cordon Bleu or, like, some... Like, the the best cooking school in the world I would want to go to. I... Yeah. How about you? Love that. Uh, <laughs> I would buy the house next door to you and move into it. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. So we'll just buy the block. Yeah, we'll just, like, buy this little, this little block of northern Kentucky. And um, I think... I would want to have, like, a bookstore of some sort. I was going to say, like, yes. We would open our bookshop. Have a bookshop, and then it's, like, the dream store where it's also got, like, a wing that has a bar and a wing that has, like, crafting activities and, like, an Mm -hmm. event space for events. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, we don't want to give away too much our our northern Kentucky-based bookshop idea (laughs) because... Let suffice it to say, we have there there are bullet points involved in this. Like it has been named and branded, indeed. Um, but it's going to be amazing. Yeah. So I think that's what I would do. Um, I probably, if I had more space, would get like you know, more cats. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Karen. I was literally. I had my notes to ask you later. Like, if you got to move into this mansion tomorrow, how many cats would you buy today? One per room. <laughs> Every room gets a dedicated cat. <laughs> yes. Mm, well, great answer. I thought you would say. I'm glad we're very yeah. aligned, as always, on our plan. Yeah, we're very aligned. I mean, you know, like, yes, I'd like to do some traveling and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, mostly I would just want to, like, free up my time to explore all of my activities. Activity? Yes. Activities. Yeah. So, uh... Before we do anything else, happy Pride Month, everybody. Happy Pride Month. 
yeah, we like, I totally forgot about it last week when we recorded because I think we were just at the cusp of June and like you were hungover from your birthday. I was. I was like all tired not. from the plot writing, <laughs> you know. Just there was a lot going on. Again. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of things were happening, but happy Pride. Happy Pride. Yes. Um, what what have you been doing with your time since last we spoke? I don't think I don't think we've caught up this week, so I'm curious no. about no. Your this life. is all brand new information. So <laughs> I went to like my first outside activity in mm. since since basically since the pandemic started on okay. Saturday. What was yesterday? It? So there is. Do you do you ever get so mad that you didn't think of an idea constantly? Like, I am, Okay, so I won't get ahead of myself. There are these two, like, women my age, our age, who I, I I guess one or both of them own this, I think it's a horse farm, kind of like out in the country in Ohio, but like it's, it's like 15, 20 minutes from where I live outside of downtown Cincinnati. And three times a year, they have this, like, really big like vintage market situation and it's all vendors that come and display their their wares and it's everything from you know like antiques to and like real vintage items to like very joanna Gaines lifestyle selections that are you know modern (laughs) made to you know handmade things right so it's it's all of those things plus you know they've got like a food truck rodeo going on and i mean my my friend Andy and I walked around yesterday just like drinking canned rosé all day. You know, I mean it's literally lady catnip. That sounds I mean just perfect. Yeah, it was awesome. It was probably 102 degrees outside. I'm that was my next not question. exaggerating. I was it like was, I know it's hot here so it has to be like twice as hot there. Yeah, it was it was abusive. Like <laughs> for for someone who has not been like outside much you know to like like to have your re-entry being i'm gonna go walk around in the sweltering summer heat but it was great like i loved every minute i got a little bit of a sunburn just like i like i you know we (laughs) had our arms out because it was too hot to have anything touching our skin it was lovely it was lovely and i went like i you know i mean i they saw me coming a mile away i mean i left with three pounds of candles Um, love a, a twisted candle no, not twisted. They were, they were, you know, little squatty in a jar kind of things. But, but, <laughs> but I know that Nancy would love them nonetheless. Um, one of them was is called like something like, um, like Lake House or something like that. And mm. I was like, uh, if it was just a bungalow, a bungalow, <laughs> I just want a bungalow candle. I think a bungalow candle doesn't smell quite as good, but a little musty, perhaps <laughs> a, maybe a little mustier, a little more like, you know, stale Cheerios, whatever. Um, I don't know why I think that's what a bungalow smells like, but I associate it with stale Cheerios. I'm so in. anyway, so, so I say all of that there, I've got a story here. So we, <laughs> we go to, we go to catnip market and we buy our beautiful things. Um, the other thing I bought, in addition to all the candles, uh, was I finally got some replacement air plants. So, I love air plants. Yeah, I've got these really beautiful, like, glass hanging vases in my bathroom that I had air plants in, and then I killed all of them. Um, <laughs> but I have since educated myself about the care and upkeep of air plants. I think I can do better. I've mourned. We've come full circle. We've I've moved on. Air plants. Yes. Perfect. So <clears throat> I come home. I 
go to my bathroom. I'm, I I'm so air plants. I'm so anxious. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is it's, going somewhere bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I insert air plants into beautiful vintage glass wall hanging vases oh, in the bathroom. No. I go downstairs and I immediately hear a smash. Oh no, Kelly. And the cat has gotten, no. uh, he's called the cat now. Like we don't <laughs> refer to him by his Christian name because he's not worthy of it. Oh, he's man. just that beast that I feed. Oh. Um, had immediately jumped up on my on my counter and like batted one of these beautiful vintage glass vases right off the wall. And, and it smashed into five million pieces. So of course I'm like yelling at him, but I'm also trying to like get him out of the broken glass. Like so rescue he's not stepping him. in it, right? And oh my god. So anyway. That being said, he was in he was in the doghouse for a while. I've oh, managed no. to clean it all up, with the exception of one piece that I've gotten stuck in my foot since then. And oh no, Cal- oh, I'm yeah. so sorry. <laughs> I'm so mad. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like that vase lasted sixty five years until Kelly and the cat came along. You know, <laughs> and within mere seconds it was destroyed <laughs> done it's just done well cleaning up that those tiny pieces i broke something recently on carpet which was oh. a feat and sell sell the house Get like out of there. Uh, like months have gone by and i'll see something it's here in this office i'll see something glisten out of the corner of my eye and i like i have vacuumed multiple mm-hmm. times and i'm like there is still freaking glass in here so i know like that was a multiple potentially our activity so mad props to oh, yeah. you <laughs> yeah it went it it went everywhere everywhere i mean i i think a piece of it the, I th- the piece that i stepped on was three quarters of the way down the stairwell it had flown out into the stairs and almost all the way down the stairs and it's just permanently I, part of you now. You'll carry it with you wherever you go as a reminder of, of me. how bad exactly. your cat is. <laughs> every every time I every time I walk, I'll be reminded of how much my cat is bad. But I love him. So. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> anyway, uh, otherwise, when we picked this book, I w- had no idea how difficult it would be to get a hold of. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> like, because this came out in like the fall. Of, yeah, September of 2020. Yeah, so like my my initial plan was I will check it out from the library. And then I could not get a copy from the library because it was like, you know, I don't know what the word is. You tell me, you tell me the library words, but like backordered. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, for like ever. And so, okay, no problem. My backup plan was I'll buy it on Amazon. It will be here forthwith. Nay, nay, said Amazon. Really? It was also backordered on Amazon. It was going to take me like 10 days to get it on Amazon. That so, is so wild. Yeah. So and what I did you do? A couple of my lo- I, so I purchased the audiobook from Libro FM. Stop it. And listened to it on an audiobook, which like I really, I, I don't usually listen to audiobooks because I, I just don't. I, I My mind wanders and I get distracted and I miss things and whatever. But uh, so I was like, I need to not try to do three things at once while I listen to this or else I'm never going to be able to talk intelligently about it. So or even partially intelligently about it without giving myself any credit. So this led to like one of the nicest Sundays that I've had. So like really? I got up at seven at my normal wake up time. 
and I went out to my patio and got on my I've got like a little outdoor couch back there with my coffee and I like laid down in the shade let the breeze flow across my body and listen to my book for several hours it was lovely that I recommend so pleasant and thank you for supporting yeah. independent bookstores via Libro FM. <laughs> I had the same experience with this book and I really don't understand it because I went to, I couldn't get it at the library, same thing. It was like, you are number 275 in line mm-hmm. for this book. And I was like, well, that won't do. Well, that's not going to work. And then I went down to Secret Garden Books and they always have everything that I want or they will order it for me and they get their books on Tuesdays. And my favorite bookseller there was like, this is so bizarre, but it is back ordered for like a bazillion years. And, really? Yeah, and it's only in hardcover still. And right. he was like, I think your best bet would just be to wait until July when the paperback comes out. And I was like, but Kevin, I have a podcast. But I can't. <laughs> so I used alternative means to get my hands on this book, which I will not describe. I, I, I read it on Kindle, which, but I also, I alternated between reading it on Kindle and listening on audiobook. So, like, mm-hmm. when I had to put the book down and, like, clean or something, I could switch back and forth. And I really liked nice. the, the narration. I enjoyed it. Yes. Yeah, she did a really good job with the narration, whoever was narr- whoever read the book. Like, totally. She had all of her voices and all of the Texas accents. Yes. Yes. I think I'll be listening to more audiobooks now. I hope so. Yeah. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome to the world of audio literature. <laughs> How about you? What'd you do this week? Not much to report. I also, though, had a cat incident this week. Mm. As luck there's, would have there's it. There's something there's something in the universe then. It there is. And I mine wasn't as bad as yours. I was momentarily irate. So I've been knitting a lot lately. Like I I don't knit often, but when the mood strikes, it's a thing that I just want to do nonstop for like a month at a time. Mm-hmm. So I'm just grabbed a old ball of yarn I had laying around and I'm just making a baby blanket essentially um, for fun and to try to get better at knitting. And like, tale as old as time, we all know, don't leave a ball of yarn next to a cat. Like bad things will happen. Oh no. And I've gotten, this is the biggest knitting project I've ever done. It's the farthest I've gotten into a knitting project without screwing up. I'm very proud of it. And I don't know what I was thinking, but like an idiot... I was knitting downstairs. I sat it down on my desk and I walked over to the kitchen to get a drink or something. And I, in my mind, I was like, this is a like five second thing. Mm-hmm. I looked at the cat. I looked at his face. He was sleeping. I love that I'm also referring to him as the cat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They don't deserve names right now. Clearly. He was sleeping. I'm like, I got this. And... Mm-hmm. No sooner had I turned my back than he it, he was laying in wait. It was he, a trap. It was a total trap. Pounced on this. And bizarrely, he didn't go for the yarn or the, the, the chunk of it that I'd knitted, which would have been, I would have lost my mind because I don't know how to fix knitting when I mess it up. But he got his little tiny mouth around the, the knitting needle and was chewing on the wooden knitting needle. Oh my gosh. And I was like, what are you doing? And so I retrieved it. And I and then I did the you know necessary wellness checks. I'm like, are you gonna die? Like, I, this is terrible. Like, what even right. has happened? And right, this do you have knitting dude, needle lodged in your mouth. Like, right. I'm like, what yeah. is he? 
But he had bit into this knitting needle so hard that he, like, basically bit the point of it off. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He really went for it. And it's, like, all splintered and there were teeth marks in it. And I, so I, I was like, whatever. So, like an idiot, I continued to, tr- to try knitting with this knitting needle and, like, it cannot be done. So I did what any craft hoarder would do. And I was like, well, I guess I have to go to the really nice and expensive yarn <laughs> shop down the street and buy a new knitting needle. I guess I'll just have to go. Well, I mean, what else are you going to do? You know, you're totally. going to like use a chopstick? So, you know, it crossed my mind. <laughs> so I went down there, delightful experience, um, got new knitting needles. I will probably spend my entire paycheck there the next time I go in. Fortunately, Garrett was with me and was like, retreat, retreat, leave the yarn shop. I was like, thank you for saving me. Um, but <laughs> You've done enough. I, all of that said, I learned something this week that I don't know if you know, and maybe you do, and I'm late to the game, but did you know that they have announced Netflix bought the rights to create a sequel to Knives Out? <gasps> what? To no, create I did not know that. Two sequels to Knives Out. <gasps> Yep. Oh, seriously? Yep. And they are, apparently they announced this in like February. So I have no idea how we missed this. This makes me feel better. Oh, I totally missed that. They're going to start filming this summer in Greece. So soon. Uh, oh, Daniel Craig is, it be is like back. like a Mamma Mia crossover? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, Daniel Craig is back as the. the okay, so that's the like character. the crossover character. Yes. Um, okay. Kind of very similar feel, solving a mystery with lots of potential culprits. They've just started announcing the cast of Oh my god, the I'm sequel. like, I'm bouncing in my seat right now. And like, they keep announcing, it's, this has been very recent, like in the last week that they've started announcing the cast, and they announce one more person each day, basically. So, the first two people I will say that I'm excited about, but didn't like, scream about, Kate Hudson and Ed Norton are both going to be in it. Oh, Oh my gosh, like, yeah. oh my gosh, we are not messing around. No, and then get ready, my next, there were a couple other people that I think are very famous and I didn't know who they were, but the two that I screamed about, Janelle Monet is going to be in this, <laughs> yes, and the best. I'm like backing away from my microphone so I don't scream in your ear. I saved the best for last. My favorite actor, you may have seen him in a little play called Hamilton the musical. Oh my gosh, who? Leslie Odom Jr. <gasps> Stop! <laughs> Shut yes. your beautiful mouth. Yes. Oh my god. Well, okay. Also, is it going to be like a like a singing telegram messenger gets murdered or something? Well, I mean, he's got to sing, right? Well, and same with Janelle Monet. Like they're both yes. like the most incredible musical artists of all time. So I have oh my no gosh, idea. What is this it. going to be? I'm freaking out. No, I had no idea about this. Now I want to go rewatch Knives Out for like the fifth time. I know, same. So anyway, and you said you said they're doing two. Yeah, their Netflix bought the rights to make two sequels to it so knives out 2 we are just beginning filming this summer and uh so i don't know i don't know when it's gonna come out but well okay so so this i i have follow-up comments then all right so I'm ready. number one and and i recognize this is crochet but you're also a crocheter so i immediately thought of this when you're telling me about your busted knitting sticks what do you call it? needles knitting needles <laughs> knitting sticks um, forever knitting sticks forever <laughs> that will be it <laughs> going forward <laughs> 
but there's I just saw this thing on my Insta feed yesterday that there's this company, maybe you know them. I don't really crochet anymore, so I don't but anyway. Um they're Furls Crochet and they have this new um crochet hook that's like um it's rainbow themed for pride cute so like during the month of june like a huge percentage of it goes to i think the trevor project awesome. um but anyway it's really cute so should your cats attack your crochet sticks i'm i'm gonna get it anyway pearls <laughs> is where it's at but anyway um also okay so talking about knives out too the inheritance games is going to be a tv series on amazon prime oh thank god thank yes god. and they like they bid and purchased the rights to that book before the book ever even came out. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they announced that they had it and were going to start working on it, like, six months before the book ever even came out. Oh, that's incredible. So that's all I could find about it. Um, I mean, I think it's still, like, real, like, early days on it. But, yeah, like, it, that's happening. And, and I'm so jazzed that it's going to be a you know a series like presumably seven eight ten episodes something like that you that know? sounds really get into it incredible and like casting that will be oh that will be so fun we can talk about It'll more about the casting dream. later but yes oh god i yes. love it um Ugh. thank you oh gosh we're both like freaking out this is the most excited we've ever been on this podcast <laughs> okay so to to set up the book all right um little bit of backstory here so this was published september 2020 it's classified as a ya mystery thriller makes sense yep and a lot of people referring to it as the ya knives out yep so i think we're all (laughs) yep we're there we're on board Um, the second book is called the hawthorne games and it comes out in september so one year later i I know like i i'm I'm almost to the point of like, are we going to have a midnight release for this book? I mean, I think I would, I would do that whole like Harry Potter Twilight midnight release situation for these. I would. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just that much of a nerd, but yeah, I mean, I'm like, what, what what happens now? Um, I haven't seen anything that there's like an indication that this is going to be a certain number of books in a series. Like there's just definitely a second one. Not sure if there'll be more after that or not. Okay. Um, the author, Jennifer Lynn Barnes, amazing. Tell she me is, tell me more. Yeah. Like she's the author of more than a dozen critically acclaimed YA novels. Oh. She has advanced degrees in psychology, psychiatry, cognitive science, as well as graduate degrees from Cambridge, where she was a Fulbright scholar, and Yale, where she got her PhD in twenty twelve. Like well, Yeah. I feel like a garbage person now. <laughs> same i'm like well i'm of three quarters of the way through a bottle of rosé but that's fine um she wrote her first novel when she was you want to guess how old she was when she wrote her first published novel oh god do i even want to know pick a number any number 20. it's less than 20 oh god i was gonna say 25 <laughs> 19 she was 19 years old ladies and gentlemen awesome <laughs> <clears throat> sold her first five books while still in college no <laughs> I don't, Karen, I don't know about you, but I don't know how that's possible. Like, I felt like it was a miracle that I got to class most days in college. Full same. And that I survived. (laughs) Yeah, that we're still here. Uh, Yeah. Much less publishing five books, whatever. Um, 
She is one of the world's leading experts on on the psychology of fandom. Interesting. Which is fascinating. Uh, I would, I, like, I want to read about that. Because mm-hmm. I feel like I'm, I, I, I'm probably not what you would consider, like, like an uber fan of, like, any of these things. But, like, I... I am a fan of a lot of stuff, you yeah. know, like I, I really want to learn more about that. Um, and the cognitive science of fiction and the, and the imagination. Interesting. So super interesting. Um, she's an associate professor at university of Oklahoma where she has a dual appointment in psychology and professional writing. And I want to take all of her classes now. Me too. Well, you kind of, not really, I was going to say you kind of can, that was hyperbolic, but I I did not know all of this, but I did Google her briefly, and she has a TED Talk on YouTube. Ooh, yes. I I saw that. I did not watch it. I haven't watched all of it. I watched the first five minutes or so. It's so good. And the the bit that I gleaned from her opening TEDx slides was that the talk is about basic... I'm going to say this poorly, but it's basically why we as readers and media consumers form relationships with fictional characters. So Uh, I think that's going back to like the fandom piece of it. And so her two opening questions are, why do we spend so much time on something that we know isn't real? Mm -hmm. And then what is the impact of that on our lives and our minds Mm. and how we interact with the world? Yeah, I've got to go watch that. Yeah, I haven't finished it yet, so I don't have any like... I mean, like, do do you have any like whether it's book or television series or whatever it is do you like what are your what are your things that you're like a huge fan of that you would like fall into that fandom category of because i've got a few like like a lot of things like one thing that i recently got really hooked by that i did not anticipate was i got obsessed with shadow and bone the lee bardugo series of books read those well and they just made a netflix out of it and so season one which I'm guessing is sort of equivalent to book one of that uh-huh. series, is fully out. And I watched it an entire weekend and fell really? in love with these characters, like to the point that Garrett and I could not stop talking about it. I Ooh. went on like several internet rabbit holes about like the author and the actors and like, <laughs> and then it ended up so on you, all- So you there. hadn't read the books? No, I hadn't. And I've heard about them a lot. And then when the show came out, I was like, oh, I'll just like... and. The show is fantastic. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to know that because I've seen it advertised 10 zillion times. Like, Netflix is highly recommending the show to me. And I'm like, no, you don't know me at all, Netflix. Like, I'm looking for a serial killer situation. (laughs) Oh gosh, you you will, I think, I think you'll love it. Okay, good to know. So like, I definitely fell down the fandom wormhole for that. I mean, I've probably only scratched the very surface of it, but... There is a lot to fan out on. Um, what about you? What are you? What do you fan out on? I know you love Friends. <laughs> I mean, I love Friends. I'm obsessed with Friends. Um, my friend Mark and I are obsessed with Frasier. Yes, I love Frasier. Not not Cheers. Frasier. <laughs> I want to be really specific about that. <laughs> I've never watched Cheers, uh, but I I watched Cheers is great, but like I think Frasier is better. I had never seen Frasier until we moved to Seattle, and then I, I felt like required required watching, and I love it. it. I love it so much. It's so funny. It is. It's so like actually laugh out loud funny, just like Friends was. You know, I mean, this whole podcast is about a fandom, right? I mean, That's like we're very true. Nancy Drew fans. Like it's it's based on that, but. Um, I mean, I do love Harry Potter, and I, I mean, talk about problematic. I mean, I hate to even to be talking about it at all, but yeah. like 
you know, when it comes to fan, like what you were saying about character, like you get really attached to these characters. Yeah, I don't know. You're going to love but... this TEDx video then that the author did because she actually uses Harry Potter specifically to frame it up. And she does these like really interesting, like back of the napkin estimates on like, for an average person who is a fan of this, like how much time have they spent? Like, let's assume it takes you X oh number God. of hours to Hundreds read your book. Hours. And like, it's really, it's really interesting. Well, I guess we should move on. We, <laughs> we've already been talking for like 30 minutes and I'm like, this podcast is becoming a psychological experiment in fandom, which I'm totally cool with. That being said, though, we should probably do the, the super fast plot overview by Kelly this week and audience reminder this is a newish book and if you intend to read it or you will hate us forever if we spoil this book for you do, pause like do not do not continue yeah. we're, um we're gonna tell you everything that happens yes even if we don't hit it in the plot we're gonna hit it in the after plot yes so that that's is what your... we're calling the section of the, <laughs> the, the after plot <laughs> the after the after plot <laughs> <laughs> all right so with warning having been established kelly Hit us with that super fast plot overview. Avery Kylie Grams is a teenager whose life is, well, not great. Her mom has recently died, so she lives in a tiny apartment with her half-sister and guardian, Libby, who is wonderful, and sometimes Libby's boyfriend, Drake, who is an abusive a-hole. Avery often sleeps in her car, she has zero dollars, and she runs a poker circle in the parking lot of her high school to make money for food that she shares with a homeless man named Harry. Avery is an amazing student, though, and she loves math, puzzles, and can't wait to graduate so she can get out of Dodge, major in actuarial science, and travel the world. She keeps to herself a lot and has one awesome friend named Max, who is her ally in all things in life. One day, a hot guy named Grayson comes to Avery's school to summon her to a will reading in Texas, where apparently she has been named in the will of the very rich Tobias Hawthorne. Think Jeff Bezos level rich. The problem is, is that Avery has no idea who Tobias is or why she would have been named in the will. Tobias had two daughters, Zara and Skye, and four grandsons, Nash, Grayson, Jameson, and Alexander, who are very perplexed aka real mad that this stranger is in the will and it gets worse once the will is read tobias has effectively left everything to avery to the tune of nearly 50 billion dollars billion with a b the catch she has to live in the hawthorne mansion with the spurned family for one year to claim the inheritance the grandsons and avery also each receive a sealed letter Avery's basically just says, I'm sorry, love Tobias. Avery does a little snooping and finds out that the family has been effectively disinherited in the previous will decades before, long before she and the grandsons had ever even been born, for unknown reasons. But it had occurred around the time that Toby, Tobias's only son, had been presumed dead in a fire even though his body had never been recovered. Avery's name had been added in the most recent edition of the will for no apparent reason. Avery is provided with round-the-clock security from the estate, and she moves into Hawthorne House immediately, along with Libby, to the wing of the house previously occupied by Tobias. And guys, this house is gigantic. Full of hidden passages, tunnels, a bowling alley, multiple libraries, theaters, an arcade, etc. 
She quickly starts school at Country Day High School, where the three youngest Hawthorne brothers are also enrolled. She is almost immediately warned by a mean girl named Thea, who turns out to be a Hawthorne family member, to be careful around the Hawthorne brothers. The last girl who lived at Hawthorne House, Emily, died. Dun dun dun! Jameson reveals that he thinks this whole stranger inheriting all the money kerfuffle is really just his grandfather setting up one of his standard riddle games for the four brothers to solve, and that the first clue might be hidden in the letter he received at the will reading. Avery is also warned that she is not a player in the game, but rather a tool to solve the mystery, which she obviously does not like, and so she becomes determined to solve it first. Together, Jameson and Avery crack the first clue, using missing words from the proverb, never judge a book by its cover. This leads them to one specific book in one of the mansion's many libraries. Inside a first edition of Faust, they find circle, circled words that read, where there's a, there's a way, along with a sheet of red acetate. The missing word of will points them to Tobias's quote unquote, red will a copy of the will that's been written all in red ink. When Avery uses the red acetate to view the red ink through, four words that have been underwritten in black ink pop out. Winchester, Blackwood, Westbrook, and Davenport, the four grandsons' middle names. These clues lead to four locations, the Blackwood Forest, the Westbrook Bridge, a Davenport Desk, and a Winchester Rifle wherein Avery and the three youngest grandsons discover numbers 1, 0, 1, and 8. Oh, a few side notes. During the scavenger hunt, somebody shoots at Avery, and she and Jameson kiss. It is later discovered that the shooter was Drake, Libby's abusive ex-boyfriend, who is let onto the grounds by Skye, the boy's mother. Also, they all go to a fancy gala, and Avery simultaneously crushes on both Jameson and Grayson, but I digress. Back to the clues. 1018. Viewed as a date, these numbers point to October 18th, Avery's birthday, and also the date that Emily died. Jameson and Grayson reveal to Avery that Emily was a childhood friend that, as a teenager, was dating both of them. On the night of October 18th, Jameson broke up with Emily, and she convinced Grayson to take her cliff diving, following which she suffered heart failure due to a pre-existing heart condition. The guys both blamed themselves, and the stress and sadness had driven a wedge between them. Jameson thinks that this whole game has been his grandfather's way of making him suffer for his part in Emily's death, and he quits playing the game. That night, Avery realizes that a painting of Tobias has the Roman numerals 1018 on it, and she discovers a secret compartment behind the painting containing a riddle and a piece of purple stained glass. This same number is hidden throughout the house. With Xander's help, the riddle leads her to a room in the mansion with a large stained glass window. By moving two pieces of the glass, they find a loose floor panel and eventually an underground room that requires Avery's face and all four grandsons' palms to access. Once inside, it is revealed that Avery's full name, Avery Kylie Grams, is actually an anagram for a very risky gamble. All five receive another sealed note from Tobias. Avery's is a packet of sugar, which reminds her of a time when she was six and met a man in a diner, Tobias Hawthorne. He has used her in a very risky gamble 
to create an elaborate riddle game to entice his grandsons and help bring them together again following Emily's death. Seemingly because Avery has the same birthday as Emily's death. Later in the evening, Avery discovers a secret drawer in the desk of her room. In it are photos of herself from her life since the day she met Tobias. He has been keeping track of her and watching over her for years. Avery also sees for the first time a picture of Tobias's son, Toby, the one we all thought was dead. And OMG, y'all, Toby is Harry, the guy who lives in the park that Avery plays chess with. Toby is alive, but what does this mean? Down in the tunnel room, Xander is certain that his grandfather left him a hidden message in his final letter. In one final effort to reveal hidden letters, he submerges the note underwater and the next clue appears. Find Tobias Hawthorne 2. To be continued. The end. Ugh. It was... I just finished reading it this morning and it was good to hear it again already. (laughs) I know. I just finished listening to it this morning. Oh, Kelly. I... Mm. uh, Okay. Uh, My mouth is tired. (laughs) Yes. That was a lot to process and you did a beautiful job. I, um, I will just say, if if you are reading, or if you're if you're reading this, if you're listening to this and you haven't read the book yet, like cannot more highly recommend. So good, yes. Okay, you picked this book. What did you think? Oh, I jumped the gun. Yeah, I mean, Karen, like I loved it. Did you love it? I loved. I loved it. Loved it. Loved Absolutely it. loved it. It was like everything I wanted and more. What? Tell me what you loved about it. So, like, let me preface this by saying when we picked this book. Like I, like, I picked this, right? Like, this was, like, my, my super sleuth, right? You'll do the next one, right? So yeah. I was, I just picked a couple of current popular titles and then had our Instagram followers vote on which one they wanted us to do. And this is the one that they chose. I didn't really do any background research on them. I just picked some, like, current popular titles. And this was one. And, like, I got it's, like, one of my new favorite books. I absolutely loved it. I'm trying to, like, distill down why that is. It, totally. It There's was, like... a lot to love. <laughs> it's a lot to love. It, for I think for, like, a... You know, we, we have been doing a lot of, like, old, old books, right? Like, Nancy Drew books from, like, the 30s revised in the, what, the 50s or the 60s? I mean, yeah. these are old books. Um, and even, like, The Westing Game was from, what, the 70s was published... Um, say, same with uh, Basil Frank Frankweiler, yep. 70s, right? So this is like one of the first like like current day books we've read, even within the last five years. And very apparent difference, right? This, this <laughs> yes. I keep being like, this was the Westing game meets Twilight. Yes! And, right? Like, <laughs> it's, it's a different style of writing. It's a different like a different voice in the characters um like a how old is avery in this book is she 17 18 something think, like that i think 17 was yeah Seven, yeah like we've got a 17 18 year old avery versus 18 year old nancy and it's like these are very different women yes you know yes. it's so interesting right um Anyway, it was just, like, fun to read. And, like, there's all these fun riddles and scavenger hunts and clues and all this fun stuff. It was exciting and it was fast-paced. And then you had all of the, like, layered-on personality drama, right? 
Yes. Um, yeah. So, it, you know, I kept thinking about what I was talking about with the last book with uh, Twisted Candles, right? And how I was like longing for some psychological intrigue in that book. <laughs> yep. You got it, it in this it all one. Here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but we still get car chases. We still get hidden passageways. But then we also get the psychological drama of like a really passive aggressive mother who. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, final final thoughts. I will just say, I'm really glad that we did a DNA test, like chapter three. That was critical to this book. Right off the bat. <laughs> eliminated all of that, like, is she kissing her brother? Yep. Mm-hmm. Her, her... <clears throat> She's not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I was very Praised worried about Buddha. that. Yes. So worried. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, it like I'm still like a little nervous that we're gonna find something out that I'm like that's gonna be a little gag reflexy, but I, I think, think we're okay. There. I think yeah. we're okay. Yeah. Um, I will. I will just leave you with this one thought. There is one very specific classic book that, if it did not inspire the author of this book, I'd be really surprised. But oh. it could just be coincidental. But I'm just going to, like, leave that little teaser and we'll talk about it later. So, oh. um, what thoughts, impressions, general musings? Oh, girl, I loved this book. I loved it Yay! so much. It made me so happy. I've been reading a lot of, like, very heavy, also very dark, like, literature lately. And this was just fun escapism. There was a helicopter. There was a love triangle. There were hidden passages. There was murder. Like, everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything you could want and i know i know the why i yes. love triangle has gotten a bad rap and i'm not over it i i'm here has, for it has so. it gotten a bad rap like people are really over it and i'm not i'm so. not i'm not <laughs> like bring it on i'm not at all let's yeah. let's make it as difficult as possible for these teenagers to find everlasting love please indeed. And thank you indeed i think i also just loved that it was so like I truly thought this was legitimately well written. The author oh, is totally agree. Smart. The clues were sharp and interesting. Mm-hmm. It wasn't all spelled out for us the way it sometimes is in a Nancy Drew, for example, where mm-hmm. she trusts the reader to be an intelligent reader and follow along. Um, I just I could not get enough. Well, and like and to that point, one of the things, and we've talked about this with Nancy Drew books, where it's like. We are only ever as smart as Nancy is, right? So totally. like, we can't jump ahead of her. But in this book, you can solve these riddles on your own. 100%. You know, like, it just just like it was with uh, the Westing game, right? Where yeah. like, okay, you know, if you like put all the pieces together, you could get there all by yourself. You you don't have to go at the speed of the main character. That is a really... Which is kind of fun. Really good point. Um, so let's like... As we did with Basil Frankweller and I think also Westingame, our structure for, you know, our classic deep dive section, we're going to just talk about our favorite parts of this book. Yeah. What we loved about it. Um, free swim. A, fr- <laughs> a free swim, period. <laughs> uh, so, ooh, I could talk about it forever, but you, I, can you go first? What? Okay. Yes. You go yeah. first. <laughs> okay. So, okay. Like... Number one favorite part of the book, like, just the general premise of the book. Like, yes. you are on the struggle bus. You have no money. You don't have any family. You're living in your car. And then all of a sudden, 
you're the princess of Genovia <laughs> and you're getting a full makeover and a scepter. And like, everyone wants to be your best friend and know more about you. Yes. Yes. I so love that you brought up the go. princess diaries. That popped into my mind 1,000 times in this book. I'm like, Same. here Same. we go. Yes. I I was like, if if her who who is what's the name of her um secure i just wanted her security guard to once just be like hello trolley people <laughs> orin yes orin right uh i <sighs> yeah the general premise rules like it's something that as an adult female i think about way more often than i should i probably think about this All like once a week i'm like well, just what if i'm a <laughs> an heiress and Wait. i Pot. Okay, so like you think about what if I'm like a secret princess or an heiress? Yeah, I I just think about like I what if I just got like fifty million dollars? Oh, totally. Well, there are ways we can accomplish that. I will buy you a lottery ticket. <laughs> yeah, like I don't want the title. I don't need to be princess of Genovia. Yeah, I don't like. Like, I'll get carpal tunnel so quick doing that wave, Karen. That's a lot of responsibility. <laughs> so much responsibility. I just, I just want to, like, not have to, like, watch my soft serve budget. Well, and to your point, I mean, that's kind of where it starts, too, is, like, the things that immediately blow her mind are, this house is yours now. Like, this mm-hmm. huge castle, it's yours. And She has a plane. She has a plane. They're like, hey, uh, they're like... You had to leave your car behind in your previous city. We'll just get you a new one. And a woman's on her iPhone, like, boop, boop, boop. What color do you want? What style? Do you prefer an SUV right. or a sedan? And just, like, orders her car off of her phone. And then I think her sister, Libby, can comes you, back from a shopping can trip. you buy a car on a phone? Appar- apparently. Like, it's, like, swipe right. right on the new Volkswagen Jetta. I don't know, man. But I they mean, do I guess it. when you have 50 billion with a B dollars, like spending $20,000 on a car isn't any big deal. This tells you how bad I'd be at this too, because the car example I used, she has got $50 billion. And I was like, a new Volkswagen Jetta. Like, <laughs> I, I already suck at being rich. <laughs> I am no, you're you're being very responsible. This is how people go from like extremely rich to not being rich in like three years. <laughs> that wouldn't happen to you. You're like, no, I've only got thirty thousand miles on this Jetta. I'm good. I'll take the used cross track, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I know that the passenger door is a different color, but it's a- fine. It point doesn't a, bother me. Point A to point B. That's all I need, man. Precisely. <laughs> uh, no, you would spend all your money on a good on a good tablet. I, I would. I love a yeah. gadget. And her sister Libby, that I was like, oh, this is like my dream. Her sister Libby comes back well, from shopping and she's you, like, you are Libby. Do Let's you think so? just pause there. That's the best compliment I've ever gotten. I loved Libby. No, you're completely <laughs> Libby. You're like this nice, kind, loving human being who's like a little bit goth on the inside, <laughs> who likes a black nail polish. I do. I like a, a black nail polish and a dark lip. Who who enjoys an alternative hair color occasionally. A heavy eyeliner situation. <laughs> a heavy eyeliner. <laughs> Correct. I was, like, picturing you the whole time reading Libby. That makes me so happy. And, and like myself also, Libby's first expenditure is, like, straight to the Apple store. And she's like, we got a laptop. We got a new iPhone. We got a new iPad. We got a new e-reader. I was like, yes, girl. That would be my first stop as well. <laughs> well, also, Libby is, like... 
I'm fine wearing the clothes you want me to wear as long as you give me those 50 pairs of boots that I want. Oh, totally. Yeah. And, and she likes jewelry that could be haunted. This is my spooky favorite jewelry. part of the entire book. She likes haunted spooky jewelry. I loved her. And then loved my it. favorite loved Libby it. quote to R.E. the outfit. So they like dress her all up. But it's still like black and like leather. And she's like, mm-hmm. it's okay, Avery. I'm I'm still me. Just expensive. <laughs> yes. I was like, I, I would it. like to know. I, I don't know what. I don't have a style. My style got stuck at freshman college year. That's not true. <laughs> no, it's completely true. It's completely true. My 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 inner fashion diva is like jeans, probably with a hole in the thigh from Chub Rub. <laughs> oh my god! And like a you know long t shirt with a hoodie over top. Well, that's and also some kind of like messenger bag situation. That's also Avery's jam. She's like, look, this is my Luke. This is who I am. Like Luke being spelled L E W K. It's like I don't remember a Luke. Oh, you know what my other most favorite perk of this house was? Ooh, tell me. Like hands down. So there's this couple, the Laughlins, that are kind of in charge of the grounds and the kitchen mm-hmm. and things like that. And they do like you know your basic day to day like banquet <laughs> cooking. Yeah, they they just do your basic day-to-day, like, cater to all of your needs, which Indeed. would be amazing. Which yeah. is amazing. However, mm-hmm. they tell her at go, we also have a, a several dozen chefs on retainer that can come cook whatever type of meal you want. Like, we have a sushi chef on mm-hmm. retainer, and we have a Thai chef on retainer, and you just let us know when you want that, and this famous chef will be flown in to make this meal for you. And I was like... <laughs> Going back to my Gordon Ramsay obsession from last week, I, have, I don't know if you've ever watched Gordon Ramsay make scrambled eggs, but like it's the yes, most. Yes, I actually have. It's fascinating, and I want them. And yes. I would be like, Gordon Ramsay lives here now, and I want scrambled eggs every day. <laughs> yes, for those of you who haven't watched this, it's a lot of like on the burner, off the burner, on the burner, yes, off the burner, creme the fraiche. Burner. Off the burner, creme fraiche. There's a lot of stirring and mixing, but it's like, you know, heat, no heat, heat, no heat. And you then know, like you have to like glare at the eggs a lot. Yeah, the 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 gentleness of the stir shifts depending mm-hmm. on which phase of the eggs you're in. And he somehow Correct. does all of that in the span of like three minutes, and I'm like, I have mm-hmm. no idea what just happened, but they look amazing. No, I made scrambled eggs this morning. I burned them and it took me twelve minutes. <laughs> so so Fine. you're down to Whatever. have Gordon move into our mansion? I would want Gordon nowhere near me. Like, I have the <laughs> utmost respect. He terrifies me. He's a scary a man. He's I'm a not looking for feedback. <laughs> I know I just said that I wanted to go to culinary school, but, like, as a wealthy woman going to culinary I'm not looking for feedback. I want to be told how to do it and then told I've done it perfectly. Like, great job. Yes. Yes. Well, you don't have to make the <clears throat> eggs. He'll just bring them to you. I want, like, a barefoot Contessa kind of mentor. That sounds perfect. I want to I learn how to cook, like, amongst the chickens. Or, like, Great, Great British, I can't see, I can't <gasps> yes. see that either. Great British baking show yes. where everyone's just like, mm-hmm. oh, you're doing a great job, but it looks like you could Correct. use a hand over here. Do you want me to, like, hold the muffin tin while you pour it? Like, that's who I'm looking for. That That's precisely it. I want... Like, I want a Mary Berry Pruleith situation. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dame Pruleith. Indeed. Um, and I want them to tell me how pretty I am. 
and how perfect I am and how if I were actually a competitor, I would have won all the awards. That's all. This can happen mm-hmm. for you. Yeah, I just need to win that lottery. So um, also we should, going back to the book, like Avery is a good person. Like she the, is. The, the, like one of the only things she actually does, it may be the only thing that she actually does, like in terms of like wielding her newfound power and wealth, is she sends Harry, who, spoiler alert, we find out at the very end of the book is actually Toby, Tobias's son, presumed dead. Um, she like instructs her people now to like help him get into housing. Yep. That's, like, all she wants to spend money on right off the bat is, like, you got to go help my bud Harry. He lives Mm -hmm. in the park. He's a good person. Yeah, I I did write down a question for you, though. Okay. Um, So there's a conversation amongst Avery and her sister Libby about, you know, there's, like, this DNA, DNA test going on. You know, Avery, if you discover that we don't actually have the same father... Do you mm. want me to leave? Yeah. And she says, no, of course not. You're, you're, you're like my person, right? Yeah. And I want you here. Oh. So, I mean, we definitely have the same parents. We look we exactly are... like each other. <laughs> yeah. This is not in question. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, so all I want to know is, is that when you become the princess of Genovia, <laughs> are you going to bring me along or are you going to have to buy me Australia? You have to come with me. And I, yes, yes. Also, I'm very scared to be home alone and that's a big house. So you have to protect me from ghosts. <laughs> oh, so I, I've got a job is what you're telling me. No. You're hiring me in essence. No, I just. Noted, noted. I need you near me because you make me feel safe and happy, Kelly. Okay, perfect. Would Thank you bring you. me? I'll be there. Of course I would. Good answer. <laughs> I can. We can barely coordinate this podcast recording across time zones as it is. How am I going to deal with Genovia? <laughs> I'm on. I'm on my way. I'm available whenever this. But happens. yeah, of course I would. Of course I would. I'm tr- actively trying to get you to move to where I am now, I, which is not Genovia. Close. <laughs> okay, this is going to make me sound shallow AF, but. My favorite part that I will talk about next, one would be remiss not to address this. There are four apparently very hot, very mysterious brothers. Mm. Yes, there are. All live in this home. Like, they are so attractive that they are, people are just falling in love with these boys left and right. Mm -hmm. They're warding each other away. They're just like, hearts are shattering at their heels Mm -hmm. as they walk through a room. And... They all four have different fathers, mm-hmm. which is interesting, but they have the same it's, mother. I, I, it is described as an Athena Zeus situation. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. Like, don't worry about it. It's all good. Like, mm-hmm. they don't know anything about their dads, but they're just like these mysterious. And they are all very different. They're all in their unique ways. Um, they all have certain isms about them that distinguish them <laughs> from each other. And... Oh, God, I just, I I loved the four brothers and getting to know them. Um, So describe them and who do you like the most and who do you like the least? Okay, so Nash is the oldest. And I would say Nash, 
that kind of is the heart of gold in this situation. Yeah, He's like, I don't care about this money. I don't care about this game. Like, let's just move on with our lives. All is well. Which it's easy to not care about money when you're rich. Good point. I'm um, just saying. But he's just kind of above it all. He drives like a super beat up motorcycle. He wears cowboy boots. Um, and he's and he's clearly going to wind up with Libby. A hundred percent. That like has yeah. to happen. He's very protective. Um, he, though, has a bad rap because he is a quote unquote saver of lost souls. And I don't know if you can, you may have to edit this out, but he is one that might be given the term Captain Save a Ho, if you've ever heard that before. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> Nash loves <laughs> to find. Oh my God, no, I'm not editing that out. <laughs> funniest thing i've ever read it's so accurate that's who nash is like he finds these people who are in distress they fall madly in love with him because apparently he's the hottest man in the entire world and then he like employs them in this house which is a bad move long term because then you're surrounded by your exes at all times but at any rate he's like trying to trying to help people out I have a tear rolling down my cheek right now. <laughs> that is not at all what I thought you were going to say. So, that's, uh, but that's it's so accurate. Nash. Go on, Nash. Um, <clears throat> Got a clearer vision of him. I think next is Grayson. Is that correct? correct. Yeah. So Grayson, Grayson is the next oldest, and he the is Ed- the Edward Cullen of the book. Exactly what I was going to say. He's like suit and tie. He's slick. He's like the businessman. Um, what else would you say about Jameson? Also, apparently... The, no, Grayson. The, the, oh, Grayson. sorry. Grayson, sorry. Yeah, uh, Grayson is... He's, he's like, he's like a little above it. Like, he's, aloof. he's, he's in charge, right? He was the quote-unquote heir apparent. That's right, yes. So he got, he feels like uber... Oh, and, and also, like, in his defense, he, he really is the one that, like, we find out deeply cares about and is invested in the, um, foundation, True. That yep. that is doing all of the charitable contributions. So he's very involved with that. He's an artist and blah 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 blah. Yeah. So and and like Edward Cullen, a little bit frosty. There you go. I Thank you. A little yes. bit of a chill to his demeanor. A little Edward Cullen. A little uh, what's what's uh, what's his name? Gray's first name. Oh. Uh... I almost said Dorian. <laughs> Wrong Gray. Nope. Different Gray. Christian Gray. Earl. <laughs> Christian Gray. Earl Gray. Mr. Yes, Gray. thank you. Christian Gray. He he gives me Christian Gray vibes, for of sure. Seattle, Washington. <laughs> maybe it's because his last name is Gray. Or maybe it's because his name is Grayson. Like, am I just being on the nose with that? I think there might be. There could be. There maybe could be a little time. bit. Okay. Um, next Jameson have... reminds me of a pirate. No, Jameson, named after my favorite beverage. <laughs> <laughs> Jameson is piratey. He is like, he's kind of like full of energy, but in a, I got to climb this rock. He's like an outdoor adventure. He's like a little Bear grills. Like he yes. loves speed. He loves to drive expensive cars mm-hmm. real fast. He's like an adrenaline junkie for sure. That's, that's it. That is it. He is an adrenaline junkie. Um, he is the one that the grandfather knew was obsessed with puzzles and mysteries. So he knows that Jameson is likely to be the one who will have a one-track mind about all of this and have to follow it to its end. Mm-hmm. Um, but pirate, that's a really good, <laughs> yes. I was just thinking about, like, the liquor. He does drink quite a bit. He's like, we gotta find yeah. our clue, <laughs> Avery. <Yeah. laughs> 
even though he's like 17 but whatever we're not he talking is, about that underage yeah. drinking Tsk. inappropriate we would never endorse Ugh, that never and then last but not least we have alexander aka xander who is just a gem just a peach of a human he uh loves well, he likes a scone he loves he loves a good scone he loves baked goods mm-hmm. um which comes up multiple times he also is kind of like the what was that show on like the discovery channel robot wars he's totally gonna build a yes. robot and battle bots that's what i'm looking for. battle bots mm-hmm. he loves to build mechanical things and take things apart and put them back together and he loves rube goldberg machines and building yes. them and Which he considers cool. himself to be a human Rube Goldberg machine. And he that does. he finds the most difficult possible way to do the simplest thing. I loved that. I loved that. Mm-hmm. And he's just, like, really kind to Avery throughout. And yes. I never had a moment with Xander where I was like, you could be a bad guy. I was just like, you're yeah. a little angel. Yeah. He was great. He was like he was like that kid brother kind of thing. Yes. So... Which- is weird because she's like yeah she's like kind of crushing on Grayson and Jameson so it's weird to think of Xander as a kid brother well because they're all only like aren't they're all only a year apart too so like not a vast age difference my cards are on the table I love Xander he's my favorite brother who is your favorite I think Grayson ultimately oh yep yep uh, just because I like a challenge. <laughs> and because he's Christian Grey. <laughs> no. Don't, our mother might be listening to this, Karen. In personality only. I, I, I would have picked. No, like, I, I like, I like that he's like a little bit of an iceberg, but like, as he, he like gets to know her, he, he, as he learns more about her and sees more about her, I think he really kind of sees her. You know, and I do think Jameson is using her a little bit at the beginning. And yeah. um, I mean, Nash is just like, meh, whatever. Who cares about Nash? But yeah, I think I like Grayson. Apparently yeah. he can do a butterfly stroke. Never something I've been able to get good at. I'm down <laughs> to learn things. He's the most reliable as well, which being pragmatic like in real life that is what i would gravitate towards these other three guys are a hot mess (laughs) they are yes they are they are a hot mess and uh yeah anyway but okay so which one do you think she's gonna wind up with grayson you do or xander but as of right now i think grayson Mm. i think jameson threw away his shot (laughs) hamilton style Hamilton style. Who, who do you think? Mm. He's he's like the Briton of Hamilton. Yes, he is. He already mm. he he just has done too. Yeah, many no, things. he screwed up instantly. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and then she was like moving along. There are three more of you in this house. <laughs> yeah, like, of fine, fine, <laughs> goodbye. More of that. Where this came from? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I'm interested to see. I, I, like, I can't wait to read the next one. Because I feel like, and we'll talk about this, but, like, the next one, the the way the first book ends is that, like, Xander was complicit with his grandfather in making sure the others finished this game. Right. With the agreement that he'd get his he own would mystery. get his own game. Yep. 
And so this clue that he gets at the end of book one, which is like, I mean, how I think most people interpret it as find Tobias the second, a.k.a. Toby, a.k.a. AKA Harry. Harry, right? Um, <laughs> like, maybe he's going to feature even more prominently in the second book. I hope so, because I love him. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm also hoping that Rube Goldberg machines play more of a thing in the next one but we'll get to that so um okay may i go yes please is it my turn it's your okay. turn let's talk about the winchester mystery house shall we yes i would love yes. to <laughs> we went to that together didn't we uh we did you yeah. came to visit me in mm-hmm. the bay area and we were like we must go to this house <laughs> oh yes that that had been on my list for like 15 years before i'd gotten to see it so like before we even very early in the book, we learn that I keep wanting to say Josiah. Why am I thinking Josiah Crowley? That has popped into my mind many times as well. We are getting a What's we're blending the dude's name? Uh, Tobias. Or, yeah. Tobias, thank you. Um, Josiah was old clock, right? The, yeah, Josiah yes, Crowley was old correct. clock. Tobias, okay, so grandfather Tobias, billionaire. Uh, we learned very early on in the book that he has added a either a room or a full wing to that mansion every year. Literally the Winchester Mystery House. Which is the Winchester Mystery House. Like, the Winchester Mystery House, she, um, her, her thing was she um, had been told, I think, in, like, some kind of palm reading or some, something like that, um, that she needed to basically have construction happening on that house every single day. Or she would, like, die or something. Right. Um, But so, like, instantly when they talked about that, like, he adds to it every year, I was like, oh, this feels very Winchester Mystery House to me. And then we find out that Winchester, as soon as we find out that, uh, I think it's uh, uh, Jameson's middle name is Winchester, I was like, well, that's weird. Uh And immediately I was like, I wonder if it's a rifle connection, right? Because of the Winchester thing. So, um, anyway, like, there are... There are so many, like, the house in and of itself is, like, a whole character in this book, right? Like, yes. Um, anyway, let's talk about the house. There is a bowling alley, which it only has four lanes, Karen. They're I lost very it. clear about that. I was, I love bowling, <laughs> and I was so jealous. No. I would do that every day. <laughs> I would never leave the house. No. There is a bowling alley. There is a billiards room, which... Just reminds me of our grandparents' basement. Yep, yep. Yep. Not a billiards room, but a pool table. (laughs) It had a pool table where you couldn't even extend the queue all the way behind you or else you'd, like, be seven inches into the next room, aka through a wall, but whatever. Um, uh, An armory. But, like, not like an armory, like a steel room vault. Like, an armory that's beautifully wood inlaid and everything. Yep. A solarium. A um, a Beauty and the Beast style library. Oh, yes. That, oh, yes. yes. I mean, all I want is a library where that has, th- that I need a ladder to access books for. Yeah, c- agreed. Can I, pause, can I ask a dumb yes. question? Sure. I should have looked this up and I will throw myself, what is a solarium? Is it like a tree? Like a sunroom. Okay. I was picturing like lots of plants in it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like a glass ceiling, perhaps? Perhaps. 
Okay. I yes, didn't know what that was. It's <laughs> like solar EM. Ah. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> the Golden Girls would have called it a lanai. <laughs> it's where you go to take in the sun. Solar EM. Um, thank you. Somebody's, somebody's going to at me and be like, a solarium is where you keep your pigeons. How do you not know that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, as I'm saying it so confidently, I'm doubting myself. But I'm fairly confident of that. Um, it also has two theaters, one of which is a movie theater. Fine. One of which is a full-on, like, performing arts center situation. Oh, yes. Like an actual, yeah. like, the theater will come to you. Right. Like a theater with an R-E. <laughs> theater. Yes. A theater. Um, secret passageways... Every which way. I loved the secret passageways. Like, my Seems. favorite. The, my favorite was probably mm. the first. Well, maybe not the first one, but where it's like, pull the candle, the candle mm-hmm. stick off the mantle and the mantle and fireplace will recede into the wall and there's a tunnel. Mm-hmm. Like, come on. That's yeah. awesome. Come now. I know. <laughs> there, and the, um, the one in the coat closet. Yes. It was it, it was so good. Like it was all mm, it was so good. All all why can't I have one single secret passageway, Karen? Maybe you do. I'm no, I don't. I know where all the walls are. Have there you is pushed... no room in this tiny little house for a have secret you, passageway. Have you searched for clues and pushed all the buttons and moved every brick? Maybe tonight. There's never a reason not to try. <laughs> Maybe tonight. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's got I mean the house is super cool. The house uh, oh, rules. and then and then we find out there are tunnels. So not only are there secret passageways inside the house, and it's full of like furniture that has secret compartments in it, but there are also tunnels um that like you can like channel out of the house underground to get like outside of the grounds. Um <sighs> yeah. As they would say in Step Brothers, so much room for activities. <laughs> well, and all of that leads to what I would like to talk about next. And I'll kind of blaze through this because we've talked about it a lot already. But, like, this book is all about the puzzles, baby. For sure. Puzzles. What were some of your favorites? I think my number one most favorite puzzle was, honestly, this the first one with the red will. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, he rewrote the entire will in red pen. And if you take a piece of red acetate, these words are going to pop out. And then you just see the boys' middle names. And mm-hmm. then those four middle names become the crux of all of this. And it's yeah. like we have to trace these. The, each each name is a puzzle that they have to untangle. Yeah. Um, I think that was my favorite. What was your favorite? No, I, I love that one, too. And, like, the whole, like... Um, like exploring the different locations for the hidden hidden clue therein and they were all discovered in different ways like one one was an aerial view and they figured out that it was like it formed a zero and one was an engraving and one was hidden under a flip-up panel and you know it's just like none of it was easy to get to um you know i I always like a riddle. So like she gets a riddle kind of at the end and it's like the top of the clock and you flip the thing and da 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 and she she figures it out. So I don't I don't have it all memorized, but like I love a riddle. But I also I loved the clues with the missing words, which I may have just loved it because of this, but like it was a it was a total callback to the Westing game where Yes. 
Yeah, like they they all got the slips of paper um, with individual words written on them. And when they put them all together, it formed America the Beautiful, but there were words missing. And this was the same thing where he gave um, all the boys proverbs, but there were words missing from the proverbs. And that's what actually led them to the next clue. And I I thought that was really interesting. So what did they say in the Westing game? There was that quote that kept coming back that... Mr. Westing had said, like, it's it's what's missing that counts or something yeah. like that. I it's, kept thinking of that. It's not what's there. It's, what, it's what's not there that counts or something like that. Yeah. Yep. And then the other puzzle that I just thought was so charming and clever is the anagram of her name. Avery yes. Kylie Grams is a very risky gamble. Like, amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Well, and, and it'll, you know, I don't know. This is just speculation, but it's like, was that just coincidental that he stumbled upon a child that he happened to overhear her full name one day and he was like, oh, that's an anagram of a very risky gamble. Or did he have a hand in naming her? Like I think he did that. With the boys. I think that we still don't know what's up with Avery's dead mother. I think the mm-hmm. mom is in on this somehow. Mm-hmm. Because we do know that she has a quote unquote secret. Yes. So I think there is more than meets the eye to mm-hmm. how long mr hawthorne had been in avery's life for sure and and last one for me and like we just talked about it but the rube goldberg rube goldberg machines and i know we talked about this in it must have been a nancy drew book it must have been a nancy drew book i I don't know what else it would have would have been in but we talked about rube goldberg machines before and like there is nothing i love more agreed i love them i love them i'm I'm like crossing my fingers that since Xander has repeatedly referred to himself as a human Rube Goldberg machine in this book, that since the next one is going to kind of kick off with him with the lead clue, that maybe we're going to get get more of that. Well, I have a present for you. Have you ever seen the OK Go music video that is a live Rube Goldberg machine? No. It's an entire like three and a half minute music video where they set up the most and they're it's a music video. So they're singing and performing the song and they create the most elaborate Rube Goldberg machine I've ever seen in my life. And it involves tons of people and a whole warehouse. It is incredible. And apparently they had to film this music video like a hundred times over the course of a day to get it all. It's one take. And to get it down in one take, they had to do it over and over and over again. And just, they're like, we're oh going to stay gosh. here. We're going to stay here till it works. Which, once you watch this video, you'll understand how insane of a feat that was. I will send it to you as soon as we get off. You are going yes. to die. Oh, it's I can't awesome. wait to see that. That's awesome. I mean, one of the one of my favorite ones in, like, in movies is, that I always think of is in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. With, like, the breakfast-making machine. Oh, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's like so good. Um, yeah, there's a there's a whole breakfast making machine, and you know, a ball rolls down a slide, and it hits the thing, and the thing hits the thing, and the boot flies, and yeah, and then you have sausage. And I just was like, man, there's cooking. I you know? love it. We should post the videos of these for all. To we enjoy. should. Yes, we should. Well, that concludes my obsession with the puzzles in this. That is what I wanted to speak okay. about. Okay, this is truly, I'm. I got to talk about this. The birthday challenge that non-Josiah Crowley issues to his grandsons. What's this guy's name again? Tobias. Tobias. Thank you. Um, So his birthday challenge every year is that they have to invest, cultivate, and create. 
I love it. Me too. So, you know, like in the context of the book, he's giving each of his grandkids on their birthdays, like what, $10,000 to invest. And then they have to pick like an interest to cultivate. And then they have to, over the course of the year, create something that's like museum worthy. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Um, But like, it was one of those things that I was like, you know, even if you don't have ten thousand dollars a year to invest or you don't have these resources to like cultivate a talent with all of your free time or whatever like this is something that's totally achievable for anybody if you like put that in your frame of reference so i don't know i was curious what you thought about that and if you were to give yourself like i know you just had a birthday so let's go back two weeks and i say okay on your birthday um you need to tell me your investment your cultivation and your creation for the year what would you do Oh, God, I thought about this so much. It's so inspiring. So for invest, I'm going to assume that I am the princess of Genovia. I have all this money. I think if I was filthy rich, I would invest in like an evil corporation so that I had a stake in it and I could like help control the things they were doing. You're playing the long game. Yeah. So like I'd buy a boatload of Amazon and then be like, now we don't sell books anymore because we're killing bookstores. So I'd do something mm. like that, like infiltrate and correct behavior. Interesting. Okay. Okay. What 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 would you do, though, as like you yourself with your current level of income without well, telling hard. me how much money? But like, where would you put your dollars? I think it's for me, because I am not filthy rich, I would more invest like my time in a cause. And I would spend Mm. more time, like, in the community doing things, like, maybe volunteering at, like, a hospice or something like that. Like, people who are in need of something that I can provide via my time is my... Nice. I like that. Um, What what would you cultivate? I would cultivate... Oh, God, there's so many things that I want to learn to do, Kelly. Um, I know. There's so many things. Just like a totally selfish one, I've always been really interested in weaving, and I actually have like a mm. huge loom. And I, I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening, I have not ever used it. It's like a very time-consuming thing to learn how to do, and it's like it takes a long time to set up. And it's I know this is not a thing that like knitting I can pick up and put down. It's like, yeah, you, you gotta like get into it and like focus. Yeah, so I would I would cultivate that skill and then create. I think I would actually sit down and write for a year and try to write a book. Mm. Okay, you. Mm. You tell me. Invest. Oh, I wasn't prepared to answer these questions for myself. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you. Me neither. Too bad. What are you <laughs> invested in, baby? <laughs> um, well, I like both of your answers. But I, I mean, I agree with you. I think I would invest my time. I, You know, like volunteering more has been on the top of my list for like a really long time. So I think that would be um, high on my list. And the the thing that I've always kind of felt called to do from a volunteer standpoint is to work with like the older community and you know I, I think there's a lot of focus on like helping children and which is all great and like fully support but um, I think I would probably you know go work with our aging population I love it um, cultivate this year okay so I got really sucked into um, the great 
pot, British pottery throwdown, the pottery throwdown. Oh, I loved it. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I, I really like, this is something I'm definitely going to do this year, but I want to, um, start taking some pottery classes to learn how to do. I didn't know Um, that. And create the same, like the same as you. I, I really, I would make myself sit down and, and write my book. Let's write a book together. Okay. Done. Okay, great. <laughs> With all of okay. our free time. <laughs> yeah. So we should we should totally issue this challenge on Instagram too. I love that. Yeah. Okay, I'm, so I... we'll, we'll post this on IG. And so you guys be thinking about like invest, cultivate, create. What are you going to do with your next year? Because I mean, listen, if if nothing else, like a year goes by fast, right? So so fast. Yeah. Like I I'd like to be able to look back and be like, well, I did I did these three things at least. We will hold each other accountable. Yeah. Well, Um, yeah. I think the last thing on the docket in my mind is that I want you to tell me the little Easter egg you planted at the beginning Mm. of this podcast Mm. about. Okay. uh, You said there was a literary work or something that you would be shocked if it had not influenced the author. Yes. Like, I, I am so excited to talk about this. So I think, okay. This is all speculation, right? Like, I don't know anything about Jennifer Lynn Barnes other than what I told you at the beginning of the podcast, right? So, like, she's clearly, obviously, very studied in psychology, but maybe that's all she's read for her entire life. Maybe she has never picked up a work of fiction in her adult life. So none of this was inspired by anything, okay? However... I felt like there was a lot of influence from a few specific books, and we've talked about some of them already. Like one of them being the Westing Game, of course. Like hundred percent serious will, like money left to strangers. You have to play a game to win the money. Like maybe it's just because we just talked about it, but like I don't know. I saw that a lot in this book. So Did much, you? so much Westing Game in this. Like from mm-hmm. the like second page, I like Avery as turtle and <laughs> this right? is yes totally um and there are a lot of them which we should we should talk about but the the biggest one for me and and like I had this like light bulb moment over my head when it happened was Rebecca so oh. did you ever read Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier I have not read it but I recently watched the movie oh it, it is, I've read it several times I've watched the Netflix movie <gasps> of it um there I mean the like movie version of it is uh uh Hitchcock. Yes. Um and it's amazing, but that felt so influential in this book to me and I'll tell you, you are why. A genius. So it it the light bulb went on at one specific moment and then I went, "Oh," and it reflected back for me. So the specific moment where I went, this is Rebecca, was when Avery walks into the gala and she's spent hours having this elaborate hairdo done and this makeup done and she's in this beautiful green dress and this beautiful necklace and she actually like really likes it all and she's happy with how she looks. And she walks in and Grayson, who she's heavy crushing on, and is trying to impress, and she's specifically looking for him at the bottom of the staircase to see what his reaction is. He, like, drops his glass. 
And she initially thinks like, oh, I've taken his breath away. But when she gets to the bottom of the staircase, he's mad. And he's like, what are you doing? Why are you dressed like that? Etc. This is Rebecca. This exact moment happens in Rebecca where, and, and I'll get back to that in a second. So then we flash back. Then we, you know, then you start looking back and we have this whole Emily subplot. So we find out that Avery is dressed up to look exactly like Emily looked. The dead girl. She's got the same hairstyle. Exactly. The dead girl. Who was dating Grayson. Who, you know, is also dating Jameson. And she's died under mysterious circumstances. Not really. But like, you know, she's died on a beach near the water. And um, we kind of find out that like, she maybe wasn't the nicest person, right? Like she's kind of stringing these two boys along. She's the belle of the ball and it's kind of gone to her head and she's, you know, she's maybe not the nicest person. Um, it's Rebecca. It's literally Rebecca. And, and now we have Avery, who is the new girl who feels like totally in the shadow of this woman that has already died. It's Rebecca. That's all I can say. I mean, this exact same moment happens in Rebecca. So the narrator of Rebecca... We never even know her name. Um, she's I. Uh, it's all told in the first person. She's, you know, in love with this man that she's married. She, she um, feels totally in the shadow of this woman, of his previous wife, Rebecca, who has died and that she uh, feels like she can never live up to. Um, well, she's more beautiful. And then there's this exact moment that happens at the staircase where there's this, um, uh, she throws a... Uh, costume ball yes and she comes down the staircase in this costume that she found in a trunk and she's done her she's she's dressed up to look like a portrait in the house and she comes down the step to her new husband and he's horrified and angry because little does she know rebecca dressed just like this at the ball before she died and also, it's the exact same thing. The you, I had not thought about this, but when she, when the main character in Rebecca comes in as like the new mistress of the mansion, everyone is that works in that house is very suspicious of her and angry mm-hmm. at her. They're like, "I've worked in this mansion for the last million years, and who mm-hmm. are you to come in here and tell me what to do?" And so the people that work there all don't like her. There are boarded off wings of the house that she's not to enter. You are. I, you are much more of a literary genius than I am. I was like, this is like Untrue. Cinderella. It's like Cinderella. Well, it is. And it's like the Hunger Games when they dress Katniss up and she's all pretty, but she's a sacrificial lamb getting thrown to the wolves. I was just going straight up like children's literature. No, but it, but it's all of that, right? I mean, it's definitely a Cinderella story. And like, there's a lot of like, a, Hunger Games struck me more like with her relationship protecting her sister. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, and I never would have drawn any kind of connection with Rebecca at all because it seems like a really odd thing if it weren't for that moment of dressing up like the dead woman, right? The 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 dead woman that he loved. You are. You're so. my hero. Jennifer Lynn Barnes, don't at me. I'm sure you're listening. We're very popular, but um, <laughs> is this Rebecca? Yes is this no. Rebecca? That's all I want to know. <laughs> well, and for the sake of this podcast, we would be remiss if, like, 
could not have had more of a Nancy Drew carryover too, just in terms oh, totally. of the content. Like there are orphans, there are hidden passages, there is an mm-hmm. old clock. <laughs> there, there is literally an old clock. Yes. So yeah, like great choice, Kelly and our listeners. This was the perfect super sleuth book. I think. I think so too. Um, um, I mean, also like just to put a bow on it. I mean. Going back to Princess Diaries, is her best friend Lily in Princess Diaries not Max in this book? Uh, yes, ab- spot on. <laughs> like, completely. I was just waiting for Max to be like, you, I don't even know you. <laughs> yes. So good. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I have one open question. We've kind of yes. spoken about it a bit, but uh, this is obviously a cliffhanger of a book. Obviously, a sequel mm-hmm. is required the way this book ends. Who do you think that Harry and Tobias are to Avery? Like, there's mm. obviously something more than meets the eye here. And sub-question, what is Avery's mom's secret? It's all related. Like, however mm-hmm. Avery is related, to, or however Avery's path has crossed with these people before, definitely has something to do with her mom. What mm. is your hypothesis? Go. I don't know. I'm having a real problem with this, because everything I come up with makes her blood related to Tobias. Right. Which I don't, which can't be. Which she can't be. So I don't know. I'm like, I'm really, I'm, I'm befuddled to be honest with you. As well. Well, and there, and there was one clue too, where like, um, when she finds all the papers in his desk that have the photos of her from the time she was six years old, her father's name is highlighted on the birth certificate. So, like, that's got to mean something. It does. And I believe that to be true. Because I also cannot handle a world in which she and Libby aren't actually sisters. So I mm-hmm. want to believe that is her actual father. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, I don't know where we go from here. But the next book is called The Hawthorne Games. So, regardless, I think it is another big game puzzle mystery that perhaps... Her mom was involved in? I don't know. There, there is this one little thing in there that I keep coming back to that I'm like, is, does this mean anything? There was a reference at one point to how, so there are the two the two Hawthorne sisters. There's Skye and there's Zara. And there's mention of how Zara, like, basically is having issues getting pregnant. But Sky keeps going oh. away and, and, she's, and she's pregnant every time. So I'm like, is there something there was like... Was, um, you know, Avery's mom going to be a surrogate? Um, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just, but, but there again, like, you know, you would think there would have to be some kind of DNA tie back then to Tobias. Right. Because that's his daughter. I can't wait for the second book. So Karen, this brings us to the rating system that we have become known for you know um it's (laughs) very consistent it means much so this week we are rating the inheritance games out of 12 possible glass barrel ballerinas oh good if you've read the book you know what that refers to if you haven't read the book you should now now you should go read the book 12 possible glass ballerinas uh so what is your rating 12 glass ballerinas Mm, 12 out of 12 loved loved everything about this book i was so entertained 
I oh I don't even I think I already said everything I loved about it. It was just YA at its finest. Mm -hmm. I loved it. I'll read a hundred more of them. Maybe not a hundred. I gave it twelve. You did. You did. (laughs) Of of all the books we've read, of this is what book number fourteen. Yeah, my favorite book we've read. Completely agreed. I loved it. Can't wait till the next one. Well, I have a fun twist for you. Yeah. We forgot to prepare for the next segment of this podcast. <laughs> oh, did we? Yeah, we were going to oh, talk sure about did. the reading list. So here, here's what we'll do. The world's fastest reading I list th- episode. I quickly Googled the list of the next three Nancy Drew books. I was like, yeah, what what are... Oh, yeah, we didn't pick a new super sleuth, did we? No, we didn't. We screwed up. So we should, do... Should we, just, should we just do the other one that we didn't... That didn't get picked last month? Yeah. Do you... Okay. Well, so here's what we know to be true. We know that we are going to read the next three Nancy Drew books. Which would be the password to Larkspur Lane, mm-hmm. the clue in the broken mm. locket. What was that one? The clue of the broken locket. Okay. And then the mystery. Nope. Nope. The message in the hollow oak. Mm. So those are our next three Nancys, and then oh. and ha- I and I could tell you our super sleuth. I'm <gasps> ready. What is it? It's going to be it. It it's going to be the one. If you heard me typing whatever i'm looking up the author um this is the one that i I gotta tell you so when we did our vote last month for our super sleuth this month it was it was like a 60 40 split like it was very close yeah and i voted twice so it was really probably a 50 50 split (laughs) you definitely swung it so let's just do the one that lost by a slim margin okay which is truly devious by maureen johnson sold done all right well there it is. <laughs> Perfect for fans of Agatha Christie. Oh, per- yes. I'm a fan of Agatha Christie. Same. <laughs> Age range is 14 to 17. I have an emotional maturity range of 15 and a half. <laughs> so perfect. It's all coming together for us. I am in. All right. Well, we did that on the fly. Reading list done. Yeah. Check. And then Forgot l- we had to do that. Last order of business. What did we learn today? The moral of the story. One could glean a lot of morals from this story. Uh, I distilled it down to one because I like to shoot for the practical in all of this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you randomly inherit billions of dollars unexpectedly, the the most important thing you can do is to do everything that your security detail and your lawyers tell you to do. Listen to them, people. Yes. Like, seriously. Because other people are going to want to kill you. The end. (laughs) No, that's that is solid advice. I mean, I think I would do that even if I won thousands of dollars. Absolutely. Fifty billion dollars. Listen to your the security man who is standing between you and everyone who wants to murder you. Yes. 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 (laughs) That's all I have to say about that. (laughs) I agree. And with that, happy Happy sleuthing. It's a Clue is hosted by Kelly Biscopink and Karen Farmer. Our logo is designed by Courtney Kyle. You can find her on social media at I am Courtney Kyle. The It's a Clue theme song was written and recorded by Danny W. You can find her on Facebook at Danny W Music. Audio engineering is graciously done by our friend Mark Goodlow. <laughs>